Megavon and friends, welcome to another episode of the Lord of the Wrongs podcast, the only Tolkien podcast the professor himself would dismiss as juvenile and crass. My name's Dan Zerby, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Sean Kelly. Together, we'll be discussing the writings, adaptations, news, uh, games, anything else uh, regarding J.R.R. Tolkien's Legendarium in a way that he would find objectionable. Most likely, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, you got to come in. You here, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I usually just kind of step back and let you just... Yeah, no, I usually have intro. Yeah, I usually have a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's been it's been actually a little while since we last recorded, so <laughs> yeah, a we, little uh, rusty. Yeah, yeah, we had other things going on, and then we actually had oh, to God, do research for this one. Imagine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was research. Our, our it, it pants, happened. <laughs> our pants have been uh, doing a lot of flying uh, by the seat for most of these, but uh, yeah. in this case, we wanted to, yeah, you know, at least butts are worn out. Fact check slightly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of fact checking, yeah, uh, you know, if you've heard our show, you know how we start our episodes by <laughs> pointing out how stupid we are uh so correction corner hi yay correction corner so, yeah don't be so like joyful about it i feel like we're always kind of in correction corner <laughs> uh, it's, yeah we we just sort of like we're in the corner but we just we turn around to a camera that's behind us <laughs> sort of yeah yeah the, you know like from yeah. uh, from above just looking down at us shamefully and yeah. uh this time it's it's your turn to go first, but I got a little something. Yeah. Oh, you have one too. Well, I actually have two. Uh, oh. So, uh, at the at the end of uh, our episode on Sauron, I uh, our my fun fact was that um, Kaiser Wilhelm was uh, the inspiration for Sauron. Uh. Yeah. Now it's just wrong. I mean, you know, it's a correction. <laughs> It's correction corner. So yeah, that thing I said was incorrect. Yeah, that was, uh, was pretty much flat out wrong. Yeah. As, as with most of our corrections, though, besides the sort of uh, temporal an- anomalies yeah. where uh, <laughs> Tolkien couldn't have because it was after did done something because it was after he passed. Yeah. This one's you know it it could be true, but it could be true, but you know we're gonna say ninety nine percent. I mean. All's, yeah stupid anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh my other correction was last episode uh i don't know exactly if we said that it definitely is uh an old english word the word captain because we were talking about uh lieutenant and how the brits pronounce it lieutenant because it's a french word and they want it to sound less french French. and uh we were saying tolkien would have preferred a you know, a, a word with the it's root in Old English, and uh, we use captain as an example. And captain is a hundred percent a French word. <laughs> it's capitan. Capitan. Yep. Yeah, which I comes, I believe, from uh, Latin before that. But yeah, it's it comes to English from absolutely from French. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we probably should have known <laughs> or could have guessed at least. Eh, you know, oh well. Yeah, we weren't paying yeah, attention. Live and learn. <laughs> hey, yeah. y- you actually learned something this episode. 
Yeah. Uh, unless you probably already knew that. But uh, speaking yeah. of linguistic corrections, I was trying to say a random phrase about uh, the Kaiser, but uh, I was trying to say Gott schütze den Kaiser, which is uh, uh, God save the Kaiser. But I don't know what sort of word mumble jumbo came out of my mouth but uh that's that's what i was thinking of uh i don't speak german so yeah i was gonna say uh as we said before we started recording it is a lot easier to remember uh foreign phrases when you actually speak those languages so (laughs) it doesn't hurt yeah it, it, it yeah but speaking of speaking the language uh, what are, what are we up to today, Zerb? Uh, well, Sean, I think you know damn well. I don't know why you're playing dumb, but we're talking about, and actually, our listeners know because they are they clicked on the episode, so we're All talking right, every, about the everybody world. knows. <laughs> yeah, everybody now knows. It, we're doing we're we're ta- finally talking about the Silverals. Uh, it's a ring we've been kicking down the river for. I think the entire show so far. <laughs> yeah, we've so, made it downstream. We're officially <laughs> downstream. And we're finally talking about this because I mean if we've had to mention it that many times, it must be important. And it and, and they really they really are. It's uh, almost like there's a whole book named after them. I mean, yeah, almost. <laughs> no, it's In not almost it, it is. Yeah, the Silverillion. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to put any spoilers out on the Silmarillion, but the Silmarillion does is heavily, heavily features the Silmarils. Yeah, believe uh, yeah. it or not. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, what's, what's the deal with these Silmarils, survey <laughs> so-called? Not to be confused with comedian Sam Marill. Uh, the Silmarils, also known as the Great Jewels, also known as the Three Jewels, also known as the Jewels of Feanor, the Jewels also of Feanor, the Silmarilli. Uh, yes. Also, the Jewels of Feanor also refer to something else that belonged to Feanor. But, yeah, let's. Um, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to get into all that. Yeah, but we're going to. So what? I, no, okay. Yeah, no, uh, our, this this episode <laughs> is about the Silmarils and Feanor's balls. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it kind of actually is his figurative balls. Yeah, really. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, and well, actually, and his literal balls too, because uh, his sons play a huge part in the story. So, yeah. Anyway, wow. Actually, uh, all will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> was... whatever the allegory <laughs> alleged allegory yeah uh wow yeah that worked out yes yeah, so hang on anyway. I, need, I, th- I think uh this might be a two-parter so we might i might need yeah. to circle back and look at all of the places where tolkien was subtly or not so subtly <laughs> implying that this whole story was about fan or his uh, uh testicles yeah, genitals but... yeah. All right, we could uh, we could just not talk anyway. about that until then, or yeah. ever again. <laughs> yeah, we'll play it by ear. <laughs> we'll see how much we'll see how much uh, how much material we have to work with for the next episode. <laughs> anyway, so the Silmarils were the three great gems. They were crafted by Feanor, who is another uh, another character that we've kicked down the river many times basically he's the greatest smith in the history of the elves yeah the greatest uh, craftsman. i mean yeah. you could even argue 
he's the greatest craftsman of everybody except for a Luvatar. Yeah, well, he's the so Tolkien has this the distinction between yeah creation, which only uh, only God. It's like a do. yeah, it's like a Catholic thing. Like only God can truly create things. Yes, and he then all over, of his creations sub create things. Right. So everything humans make is it's not a creation; it's a sub creation. Uh, I would say between. I mean, I think the Valar. I mean, we'll think about, so we'll talk about it in a second, but I would say Yavanna with the trees yeah, and everything, they, yeah, that was sort of the that's true. original. So besides the Valar, I would say Feanor is yeah. pretty much a shoe in for the greatest uh, yes, creator de- of all time. I mean, definitely, and rivals many of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, there are three very pretty jewels and they were made from the essence of Lorlin and Telperion, the trees of Valinor. Uh, and if you want to hear more about that, you should listen to episode five that we have on trees. But basically the two trees were the light source for yeah. uh, the early ages of Middle Earth and they uh, yeah. sort of bathed the world in a holy light that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit more in a second, but yeah, it, one was the daylight, one was the nightlight, you know, yeah. And uh these gems captured the light of those trees within them, so they yeah. were real purity like. Yes, indeed. Um yeah, so uh, in and of themselves, I mean they were definitely cut gems because Tolkien's done illustrations of uh various um uh, damn what's the word i'm looking for uh kind of like a uh, coat of arms sort of things but they were more oh. uh, yeah but they're more like uh they almost looked like uh <laughs> pennsylvania dutch hexes actually so they look very similar to that they were also very mediterranean but optimal, anyway optimal yeah. uh for capturing light the, yeah the yeah. pennsylvania dutch were yeah. master jewel craftsmen as yeah we know. <laughs> yeah germans are industrious <laughs> just like Feanor anyway so it's not mm. important uh, anyway we can assume that they're cut uh they're cut gems and yeah they glow with their own light and they are you know the most beautiful things ever made by hands I guess so in the same say. way that uh um the ring sort of besides yeah. just it's you know malice and everything the people who look on the ring sort of they want it partially because it's so beautiful yeah uh, but perfect, these were perfect simple gold i think is a description yeah there. yeah and uh but the ring a lot of it was malice whereas these i think it was just because they were so they were so beautiful yeah it was like, like an perfect. unholy beauty but also very holy i don't know yeah well <laughs> they were make everybody desire them yes they were definitely actually holy, though, because uh, <laughs> literally they were yeah, hallowed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get there in a second. Uh, so, yeah, they the single the most prized and desired objects in Arda, even by the Valar. The Valar were even obsessed with these things. And then, yeah, they're prized above everybody else, even more than anyone else by their creator, Feanor. Now. Feanor and his shithead sons <laughs> will 
we'll definitely get their own episode because that's a whole story. Um, but the story is. It, it, it's inter- very it, closely tied. It, yeah, it's very closely tied. You can't talk about the Silmarils without talking about Feanor. You can't talk about Feanor without talking about the Silmarils. So he made them knew everybody thought they were so cool. So he, of course, naturally just wore them openly in Valinor on his forehead. And it's just, a pretty big flex it, it really is it's like oh this is the most beautiful thing ever made by me and here it is no touchy yeah he was he was looking drippy as hell with the uh, yeah the morels on his brow yeah he sure did all three of them just i have to imagine that would have been a very heavy headpiece to be wearing yeah but like we don't know we don't How? know if they were heavy, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's because you see p- images of them. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. As we'll get to with Morgoth, and they look huge. A number of images, but then yeah, like you know, Fanor wore them on his head. So right, so they couldn't have been that big. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> then again, it's of of all the people's ability to hold their heads high. I think Feanor's was probably first uh, <laughs> among the yeah. free peoples. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's uh that's accurate assessment. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter how big they were. But yeah, yeah I mean they were yeah. He was getting attention, that's for sure. Well he was getting attention, which um ended up making him quite paranoid. Uh, to the point where he stopped wearing them out because he knew because you know because they were so beautiful and he knew that everybody loved them and thought they were beautiful and wanted them for themselves and he started to get paranoid so he uh, ended up locking them in an iron box and only allowed his father and his sons to keep them or just to yeah. yeah to look at them I should say yeah <laughs> that's uh you gotta love when somebody creates the most beautiful thing of all time and then it's like a private art collectors, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just, just like I <laughs> contribution to to art and to the human I, expression. I... And it's only for me. <laughs> this is so beautiful and I'm so proud. Nobody else will ever see this until I die. <laughs> Which yeah. uh spoiler alert happens. But speaking of yeah. uh happening. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, before we get there, I should have mentioned this. We did already mention uh, yeah. it. But, uh, so these were so beautiful and impressive that the Silmarils are ended up being hallowed by Varda, the queen of Varda, Manwe's wife. Uh, so that no hands unclean or evil may touch them without burning their flesh. Um, I don't know if this was intentional, but also mortal flesh cannot touch it without being burned. Yeah, it seems like a... Yeah, I don't know. It might have been a bonus sort of. Yeah, you know, it's like, ooh, yeah. right. I forgot to put it in the qualifier in the in my. But Halloween. we also, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's sort of just a weird. It's one of those things where it, it they he says unclean and mortal, uh, immortal flesh or whatever. Yeah. But like, it, there are <laughs> the the exceptions don't even really prove the rule. So. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get true. to in, in, uh, in a bit. Yeah. But for now, yeah, for Zoe, now, what do you say we uh, direct it into the fire? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I could have come up with a better yeah name for it, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we we've got cast it into the fire, which is where we come right. up with our casting choices now. But uh, 
I was hoping that we could figure out who we would want to direct a version of the Silmarillion. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so uh, do, do you want me to do you want me to start uh, it off? Uh, yeah. Do you have, who? Yeah. Start us off. Why don't you start us off? I've got a few. Okay. You start um, us all right. So, how about uh, how about a Wes Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, make man. it. I want um. <laughs> wow, how do I not perfectly remember? symmetrical shots always? Yeah, just like the full discomfort <laughs> in the camera, but in a whimsical way. You yeah. know, actually, he wouldn't be like he wouldn't be the worst person to do like a version of the Hobbit. Actually, yeah, that you know what? I that's true. I think I would personally not like his version of the Hobbit, but I don't think he would necessarily do a bad job. I just you, I know you I might, wouldn't. You might. Say, you don't I, know. I, I, that's true. It hasn't. He hasn't made it yet. But I don't think. I don't think he's right for the Silmarillion, which is why he's I think he's right not. for the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. well, <laughs> it could. It could be like a like a stop motion animation. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who do you got? So. There's an obvious one I th- I feel like that comes to mind because he almost directed the Hobbit and should have directed the Hobbit movies. Guillermo del Toro, the guy knows how to do monsters. He knows how to do it. I'm yeah, probably I think he would. Guys. He would actually do a would, good job. He he would. I'm thinking uh, that you're yeah. going to have some pretty good suggestions, and mine are going to be mostly. I have a couple field. more, but only one of them is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh. What about uh the Cohen brothers? <laughs> just like making a dark That's such an interesting like suggestion. <laughs> yeah. That you know, it's all right. With John Zucaro right, so, as uh Morgoth. <laughs> so like I that's one of those suggestions where like if they took their job seriously and just made like the best movie they could, I feel like they would be one of those picks where like there are certain times when actors or directors like have a role and it's supposed to be, it's like serious and they've, you know, it's like a Matthew McConaughey or something where like nobody took him seriously. And then he had like a serious acting uh, gig (laughs) in uh, uh, Dallas Buyers Club or something. And then everybody's like, Whoa, hang on. That was amazing. That boy's got chops or, it would just be super goofy. Yeah. Um, Who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. What else I you got? The Coen brothers can do serious very well as well. So Yeah, um, I mean, it's they have both sides of the coin. Speaking of serious. Whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I just think this person would do an ex- excellent job adapting the Silmarillion. Uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I that would be a pretty good one. The... It, Dramatic tension involving monsters. Ridley Scott has nailed it in the past. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, he has, and he also just does these like big sweeping epics very well too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it it would he he'd be able to lock it down. I think either one of your suggestions would actually be good. <laughs> Don't worry, I have some shitty ones. <laughs> So speaking of monsters, I mean, how about a how about a Cronenberg 
Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, yeah. David Cronenberg. I was going to say David or Brandon, his son. Yeah. Oh, I did. did Brandon yeah, directs, directs horror or something? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I think. I don't know. <laughs> hey, 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 audience, if I'm wrong, please let us know by sending us an email at Lord of the Wrongs podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, I don't. I mean, he would be like, I'm just sort of imagining the Silmarillion as like this dark uh, sort of horror. And I, th- yeah. I don't know. It would put a really interesting twist. To, I mean, because like they're fighting against. Morgoth and his terrors for you uh, know yeah. hundreds of years, thousands, yeah. thousands, yeah. And he has Balrogs and dragons and shit. Yeah, imagine like a body horror Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd rather not actually. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, that's right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to let that hang in the air like a fart. Has he directed something before? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Absolutely. He's. Hang on. I got to look at what his movies are. (laughs) Like, I don't. I. I. I figured he had, but like when I was trying to think of what movies he. I mean, he directed Dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah. He actually only directed three things. Dances with Wolves, The Postman, 1997, and Open Range, 2003. That was a good Western. But I, I don't actually huh. think he would do a good job. Uh, no, I mean... Brilliant at all. He only does Westerns, so... Oh, funny you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, Akira Kurosawa. Ooh. Um, like, I know you said a Western would be ridiculous, but like... Imagine, though. They're the same thing, though. I mean, they are basically the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) like that's why they barely change anything from Seven Samurai to Magnificent Seven. It's the exact same movie. (laughs) You're just replacing katanas with uh, cult peacemakers, (laughs) and everybody's got a cigar, Uh, or a cigarillo, whatever. Yeah, yeah, different hats. Uh, You know, a hat versus a uh, (laughs) top knot. But uh, I, don't, I think I feel like you joked about it, but a Western or like a, um old samurai flick inspired version of uh, the Silmarillion would actually be pretty be awesome. I mean, yeah. think about like, uh, I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian, but I've only seen one episode with Timothy Oliphant and I enjoyed it, but I didn't watch any more. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh i mean that's about what i expected but uh kind of a it's a it's effectively a western itself yeah it's a yeah. western especially the episode with timothy oliphant apparently yeah actually but i mean they kind of all are on some level or another but right, yeah. uh, i mean the original uh star wars flicks were inspired oh yeah pretty heavily Samurai by western. kurosawa yeah. Yeah. and uh what if we have a samurai movie Mashed with a Western set in outer space. Yeah. Yeah. Don't sue us, please. Yeah, laser katanas. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, now I'm thinking of Kurosawa flick with 
of the Silmarillion with laser laser swords, not lightsabers. Yeah, no, not lightsabers. That would be a travesty. What we're talking about would crucify someone. Totally different thing. Completely, it's a laser sword. Laser katana. It's not a lightsaber. It's a laser katana. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Yeah, for it, it, my laser katana was forged by Telcar <laughs> in the first stage. That's <laughs> yeah, a weird reference. Okay. Yeah, uh, anyway. Nerdy. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have. I don't know if you had any more. But... I had one more really stupid one. Oh, um, well, let's hear it. <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim Burton <laughs> Silmarillion would be. I had thought about very, it. But... Very silly. Very silly. I. Yeah, I mean, goofy nonsense. I'm <gasps> I'm hoping for puppets, dude. I Wait, just what? you said puppets, and I just had the idea. Since we have access to the Madame Tussauds uh, personality matrix and everything, we can bring back people from the dead. So, Jim uh-huh. Henson's The Silmarillion. Oh, which would be. Probably a horror show because his non Sesame <laughs> Street stuff or whatever is like creepy as shit. I already talked in or the, Muppets, the, yeah, yeah. The Elf episode, I think I talked about my disdain for uh, <laughs> uh whatever it's called, the uh, the Dark Crow Crystal. one, yeah, Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal. I mean, I love me some Labyrinth, but I do not love Dark Crystal, but yeah, that would Silmarillion, Jim Henson Silmarillion <laughs> would be. Really yeah. creepy and really weird. <laughs> yeah, why did like most of our uh, adaptations here have gone real dark? Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah. well, they're dark again. Story. Most of them are pretty dark stories. The Silmarillion's not not exactly yeah, the not Hobbit. A, yeah, not a happy. <laughs> not time. The Lord, it's not even Lord of the Rings. I would say it's infinitely more tragic and horrible. Well, I mean, than Lord the, of the it ends on like a sad of her and alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. I mean, isn't yeah. The last story, it's like... I think it's of the three rings or of the uh, rings of power in the third age. Yeah, but like, ends, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean in case you haven't read the Silmarillion, the story ends by summarizing the events of Lord of the Rings in a couple pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From like a history book point of view. But anyway, um, no, yeah, well... Much. Uh, Peter Jackson directed uh, Lord of the Rings, and he had only directed horror before that, right? Or at least, like, certainly just um, B-flicks, but mostly horror. I think it was it was mostly horror, for sure. I think his yeah. biggest thing he did before Lord of the Rings, I think his biggest film was The Frighteners, with uh, Michael J. Fox. It's classic. Yeah, it's, so like almost a, it's almost a kid's movie, though, honestly. I think I don't know why that movie's even rated. I think it's rated R, and it shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, anyway. that was at a different time. It's a it's a fun movie, but uh, yeah. Okay, so where, where were we? <laughs> so oh, we yeah. had just talked about how Fanor locked these Silmarils in an iron box to just look yeah. at them all by himself. Yeah. Totally not weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally not weird at all. So Melkor. Ruiner of good times. I mean, you know, you know, he's gonna show up and he's gonna fuck some shit up. And in this case, uh, as actually, yeah, go back again, listen to our episode on the on trees, uh, or uh, and you will you will know what happens here. 
Uh, Morgoth comes along with his big eight-legged frenemy, I guess. Yeah, I think frenemy is probably the best. Yeah. The uh, best word we could use to describe <laughs> Ungoliant. Yes, Ungoliant. Which is it works out too because that uh, term frenemy was coined by Stephen Colbert, who is himself a massive Tolkien geek. So there we go. That was all full circle. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So they come and uh, destroy the trees and uh, plunge the world into darkness. Yeah, yeah. Like like the like the dicks that they were. And so, <laughs> so the world's in darkness, and the Valar ask Feanor to break the Silmarils so that they can restore the trees. And if you know anything at all about Feanor, you know that he's a dick. Yeah, it wasn't going to go along with that. <laughs> yeah, he said, no goddamn way. Here, I'm not breaking the Silmarils. I don't care if the whole world is in darkness. I've got my three <laughs> pretty flashlights right here. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't give a shit that the entire world is in darkness. Like, he, he's, he's such a dick at every turn. Feanor is such a dick. <laughs> yeah, but he was right. And we'll get to that when we uh, do his episode. He, yeah, well... No, he was yeah. right about everything he did, I think. Oh man. There are there there's it. a group of Feanor apologizers. Yeah, who, I hate like, it so much. <laughs> it's like say that like he did nothing a, wrong effectively. Yeah, yeah, I think Feanor did nothing wrong is like a thing. And those people are wrong. <laughs> Yeah, pretty and much. I just hate it. Like, yeah, it's like you might as well you might as well be saying, yeah, Morgoth did nothing wrong, which I'm sure there are some of those people out there too. Yeah, there, just, there's definitely a Sauron did nothing wrong uh, yeah. thing. Yeah, but at that's sort of a it's sort of a meme. Yeah, but yeah. I I'm anyway, most people don't think that in earnest because that would be stupid. Anyway, yeah, could that. but anyways. So yeah, Feanor says, go to hell. There's no chance. I'm not doing that. Uh, and uh, so while they're all distracted by uh, the aftermath of what uh, Morgoth and Ungolian did, Morgoth and Ungolian steal the Silmarils. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically. They're arguing, yeah, the, Fe- while Feanor and the Valor are arguing with each other, <laughs> Mor- Morgoth tiptoes in behind them and yoink, steals the Silmarils. And kills Feanor's dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, true. Also, he also does do that in the process. So, Fanor wasn't a huge fan of uh, of Morgoth's work at that point. Actually, yeah. he coined Not the term him. Morgoth he, then, that's right? True. Yes, he's the one who first calls Melkor Morgoth. He gives him that name. Yeah, for what he did for stealing the Silmarils and killing his father. Although, let's be real. I think Feanor was more upset that the Silmarils were stolen that his, that his father was murdered. <laughs> okay, okay. To be fair, Tolkien does make it clear that of Feanor's many sins, loving his father was not one of them. He actually did <laughs> really love his he father. He did. Uh, he did. But, you know, but his I, father... I still say he was more upset he, about the Silmarils being Yeah, so. how much could <laughs> he really er- get for his father at Antiques Roadshow? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, what you have here is actually a first age... Uh, jewel created by none other than Feanor himself. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna run you in the range of uh, being priceless and essential to the uh, goodness of all. Uh, you could buy the planet kind. with these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could buy the planet. Yeah, they they just were, one of them, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were pretty much priceless. So yeah, I mean beyond beyond value. I mean just. Yeah, it would anyway. be it would be like super cute. There would be like that um, that guy who's like a like a a jewelry jewelry nerd or whatever, and he like his hands are like shaking, and he's like super like yeah. you can tell he's like so visibly thrilled to be seeing these. Oh my god! Oh my god! This was a limited run. There were only three of these in existence. <laughs> these were created by Feanor himself. In the, in the time age. in the time uh before the trees <laughs> or uh, oh, it was actually in the, the ages, oh the uncounted years yes yeah. uh yeah the, this is all happening before the first age which was yeah right i was gonna well, say this is in the year of the trees um, yeah well we'll talk about shortly is, yeah it's the noon time of uh valinor which yeah. is all sort of denoted by the tree's existence. Right. Because uh, they were so awesome and beautiful. And well, actually then uh, when Melkor and his uh, friend slurped all the uh, magic <laughs> juice out of the trees, that was the oh, good audio. <laughs> that was the uh, dusk or what is it? Evening tide of Valinor, something like that so yeah. uh something like that we're we're rapidly approaching the end of the good times here yeah <laughs> yeah when especially when after, all the light goes out because a giant spider drank all of it yeah that's the end of uh that's the end especially, of the, yeah good Feanor does what he does yeah here. well here we go so when the silmarils are stolen Feanor and his sons they make an oath to wage war against any being that takes and keeps a Silmaril from them, be the mortal elf, Maya or Vala. Yeah, it's a pretty hardcore oath. Yeah, it's an extremely hardcore oath. And um, oaths are a big deal in Tolkien's writings. Um, I mean, in in most... In uh, most writings, but it, yeah, especially things like that. But yeah. yeah, but especially in the legendarium, it's extremely important. So if you make an oath, you are like oath well, they also, is like the worst thing you can do. They swore it on. Didn't they swear it on the Silmarils or something? Um, I think they swore it on. Uh, there's a time when I I might just be making something up, but I. Th- believe they swore the oath on the silmarils which means the oath was probably uh well i mean hang on i'm just, i'm reading the oath in verse but uh, i'm not going to read it out yeah. loud because uh you know we can't really read uh, any sort of completed uh like poems or anything like that yeah we can uh, only you know, legally like, we can do bits but yeah um but yeah oh they swore it on the holy mountain which oh shit yeah yeah also uh the holy mountain would have been um uh what was it called the one where uh manway was manway lives uh, on top of it yeah um god son of a wow 
we are bad at this. <laughs> okay, to be fair, Tanique it is hard to keep. Tanny Quintel, yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even so, have to look it up. I just remembered it. Nailed it. Nice. Yeah, Proud perfect. Of you. I'm uh, editing the rest <laughs> of that shit out. <laughs> but uh, the... Uh, so, like, that, that was going to... Like, not only are oaths in general, like, important in the works, but if you're yeah. swearing it on something that holy and hallowed it's got you're going to be held to it yeah you're going to be held to your oaths and um that plays oh, a part a little bit later i do have a question for you Zerby. yeah okay go ahead shoot would you rather take an oath to pursue the silmarils to any end uh you know facing down anybody who takes or holds them and uh, you know, doing it until death, or uh-huh. swim in a pool full of maple syrup. Um, I think I'd go with a pool of maple syrup because it's denser even than water, so it'd be very easy to float in it. It'd be hard to move, but uh, yeah, I... but you gotta swim it. I feel like you gotta swim a couple laps. Yeah. Well. Either way, I feel like there's still a better chance of surviving that. There's a better chance of me surviving a swimming pool full of maple syrup than Morgoth. (laughs) Fair. But also, I mean, as we see in the stories, the sons sort of just ignore the, the oath for a while. Yeah. I don't... it, It gets real... It gets real bloody. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like I might swear the oath. Yeah. Really? You'd go with over a swimming pool? Yeah, I mean, you get I mean, sticky. You, you could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like being sticky. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It would be like, <laughs> well, like, hang on, hang on. What if I said you have to swim in a pool full of maple syrup on the beach? Ew. You, gotta, you gotta, like, leave and, like, roll around in the sand. Okay, yeah, no, okay, I'll take the oath. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, like that puts it over the top. I don't like sand in my in my in my in my bits. Crevices, yeah. No, no crevices, no bits, no parts. And if you're coated in maple syrup first, the sand is everywhere and it is it becomes your second skin. Yeah, true. Also you'll attract crabs and flies. Yeah, crabs and, and flies, and, and probably seagulls, which are the worst. I feel anyway. like <laughs> I feel like <laughs> seagulls wouldn't want to. Okay, anyway, <laughs> this, is a, this is a serious tangent. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, so yeah, they, they swore the oath. oath, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, once they swear this oath, that's when um, Feanor names Melkor Morgoth. Uh, so he. F- Flees, takes his jewels, his newly stolen Silmarils, and runs to his stronghold in Angband and sets them in his iron crown. But of course, before that happens, he has to touch the Silmarils, and because he's a dick himself, uh, they burn the absolute shit out of Morgoth's hand. Yeah, he's... uh, He is not only unclean, uh, oh, but yeah. also, dirty boy, he, the worst of the worst, really. So, yeah. and the dirtiest of boys. Yes. 
<laughs> and nothing burns a dirty boy like a Silmaril. <laughs> That's right. But uh, <laughs> he doesn't. Kind of like a, kind of like a Mister Clean Magic Eraser for evil, you know. But Mister Clean Magic Erasers <laughs> don't burn the unclean. They, it just Do they not? Of, I don't think it. It's not a flamethrower. It's a sponge with like bleach. Yeah, but in I thought. All right. <laughs> Wait, is that how it works? It's not. A, it's not a sponge of, cl- of hydrochloric acid. <laughs> it just it create it cleans surfaces by creating a very a, a, a razor thin layer of burning uncleanness yeah. that sort of allows it to glide over stains. Yeah, you just give it a quick like right afterwards and it all the ash just goes away and it's perfect <laughs> oh is that why every time i use a magic eraser there's just like a, a a dense cloud of acrid black smoke that arises from it and that's exactly just, right yeah that's okay exactly that right, Sean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah. they he takes the magic eraser and he goes and hangs out <laughs> in his yeah, it goes uh, into Hangman. Uh, yeah. So then the adventures of Feanor the dickhead begin with him leading the Noldor to Middle-earth uh, to try to steal back these Silmarils. So basically, Feanor kind of starts a uh, mass exodus from uh, Valinor of the Elves. He was not a master craftsman of just uh, jewels and uh, yeah. and other you know tinkering he was politically savvy yeah yeah (laughs) i mean he He, was i mean for as much of a outspoken douchebag as he as he is he's also somehow also politically savvy he he had the elves who followed him besotted as if with wine uh his words i just i always remember that because besotted is just such a good great word yeah yeah it just feels Um, good on the tongue yeah, Galadriel, by the way, is one of those Noldor that follow Feanor. It's debatable as but, whether she. Yeah, I think she was just There's, following him for her own purposes. Yeah, not for. Right? Yeah, because Galadriel always wanted to have like to be a a ruler of a kingdom. You know, that yeah. was something she wanted. So that was kind of like why she was uh, doing it. Because really, she and Feanor did not get along. Feanor was her uh, uncle, and he was creepy as shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> He, yeah he well, actually yeah. well yeah no we'll no, say no, that it's little, a good tangent it is a good tangent uh so little tangent here tangent warning everybody tangent warning we should if we had that for every time we go on a tangent it would be it would just be non-stop yeah Maybe we should try that for season two. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll so get a tangent klaxon. God, we're on a tangent on our tangent. <laughs> tangent, tangent, <laughs> yes. Jesus. Anyway, so the original tangent that we meant to go on before that other tangent was that when Feanor was crafting the Silmarils, he actually asked uh, his niece, Galadriel, for some hair to put into the Silmarils because her hair is so beautiful. So pretty. And so pretty, but she refuses him because he's a creep and a dirtbag. Basically, I mean, I, that's yeah. that's not that's not a quote from the Silmarillion, yeah, that, but that's effectively that's, what happened. Yeah, it's 
paraphrasing at least, but it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, that's basically how it went down. She was like, yeah. uh, no, she was like, hell weird. no, dude, get away from me. <laughs> um, which is why in Lord of the Rings, when Gimli requests a single hair from her head, it's such a big deal that she not only gives it to him, but she gives him three strands of her hair. And I just realized, so which what, I just love that, uh, I, I, yeah. Like yeah, once no, you learn it, the backstory of that, it makes it. I just it makes it so it, happy. Every it is time. one of those I'm moments that. that makes it way richer. Once you, yeah. I mean, you I get chills when I think about behind it. it. Yeah, because yeah. it is like it's like almost a joke from her to, yeah, but like and also it. like a very <laughs> like. A well yeah, after the fact, yeah, a heartfelt suck joke. it, Feanor. <laughs> yes, <you>. exactly. He's <laughs> like watching from the halls, from the halls of, of uh, Mandos, Mandos, just like yeah. you little shit, <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> you got my hot niece's hair, and I didn't. <laughs> Mandos is like, all right, stop uh, being weird, Feanor. Yeah, <laughs> but so uh, he, um, uh, no, I, another thing I realized was it to put it in the Silmarils? That's why he did it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe so. Which makes or maybe it, he just wanted to make some other jewel out of it or something, but yeah. I, which I, makes it more... jewelry doesn't making, he, for sure. Doesn't he tell uh, Legolas he wants to encase it in crystal? Yeah, Gimli does, yes. Uh, yeah, Gimli tells yeah. Legolas that, and yeah. I'm pretty sure Legolas just smirks at that. Like, <laughs> you don't even know how how Dude. much of a how much you're flexing on <laughs> the ancestors yeah, of the elves right, right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right. Yeah. So rant, anyway, rant, rant, tangent right. over. Tangent terminated. <laughs> um. So oh. okay. Yeah, <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah. So that really kind of starts the War of the Jewels following um, the Kinslaying, which we talked about in the Elf episode. Yeah. Um, and we'll go it, into more detail when we do go into Feanor. But um, yeah, let's just uh, rest assured, Feanor does some pretty horrid stuff to get those really, truly rocks re- back. Yeah. Some really revolting shit. I mean, he um, leads. Uh, so. I just want to mention this just yeah. so I can say it, but he leads the elves over uh, the sea, basically. And then, uh, you know, when he, after he steals those ships, they end up basically yep. going north and uh, uh, they basically abandon a group of elves on the Hell Karakse, Yeah. Which is the uh, the shifting ice, yeah. I believe. Yes, and, it is the uh, shifting ice of the north, yeah. I just like saying how could I say? <laughs> I could tell by the way you said that you enjoyed it. Yeah, but... Uh, how could I say he, is a great word to say, though. Yeah, not only does he steal the sh- the ships, which were basically the, the Silmarils of the Sea Elves. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he yeah, abandons half of his people, and then instead of going back for them, he burns the burns ships the afterwards. Ships so, that they, <laughs> so they can't go back without the Silmarils, basically. Yeah, he was um, just sort of forcing yeah. his yeah. uh, Noldor and companions to actually follow through on their promise, and they're like, yeah. holy shit, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah, I wonder how many were questioning. <laughs> yeah. So that all starts a series of battles that ends up being known as the War of the Jewels, which is basically Feanor versus Morgoth for the Silmarils, and effectively 
Theodore loses. They fail. Yeah. The Noldorf, the Noldorf fail, fail completely. <laughs> I mean, pretty much he like one of the first things that happens. Uh, I I mean, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert, but uh, it, he dies like very early on in that. In, Fairly early on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in the time that like Morgoth basically is just like, hey, you want you want these jewels back? Come get them. He basically <laughs> he leaves his uh, stronghold like one more time, I think, to to yeah. fight somebody later on. But uh, he. Yeah, he just never leaves. And then, you know, Feanor is forced to just try and like bust down his door. Yep. And, uh, it doesn't go well. Doesn't he, he, he tangles with, uh, Gothmog, the Lord of Balrogs, and, uh, doesn't, doesn't end up too great. Yeah. Bound, bound to go poorly, uh, yep. at that point. Um, yep. before we go any further, uh, I think that's about where we were going to uh, break from this part of the story. Yeah, I think we can probably cut it off there. So we'll. Um, so we'll, we will do off with Morgoth having all three Silmarils. Yeah, we'll we'll do a second episode here on basically the fates of the three different Silmarils. Okay. Part but, two uh, for the exciting conclusion. <laughs> I did have. A um another little uh, thought provoking tidbit uh lined up for us. Oh, sounds good. What do we what the, do we have here? This is a conspiracy unmasked. <gasps> yes. Do, do, do. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. Wait, I like I <laughs> am I gonna have to just do all the musical stingers with my mouth? Because I'm I, I'll do it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's yeah, no, just, more entertaining. I'll, I'm doing it. later. Than... <laughs> Certainly, the choo choo of the. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, well, choo choo is pretty the, great, uh, especially when we hit it at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, so I think that uh, the entire story of the Silmarillion and all the events thereafter mm-hmm. are all a simulation. Oh. Yeah, so when Feanor crafted the three jewels, they were able to reflect and refract light so perfectly that I think all of the information and light and everything that was surrounding them in the earth just ended up entering into the jewels and sort of refracting around inside there. And then the entire thing just played out within the jewels. Like there was some sort of like black hole supercomputer. Interesting. How I can feel what the hell? Whoa. There's a tin foil hat on my head. I don't know how it got. Is the water turning the Balrogs gay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm trying to. I don't. Oh, unfortunately, listen to enough uh, Infowars to be able to make more references than that. I know. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. That's, that's probably uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it's for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think just the whole thing is basically it was. Uh, 
it was Iluvatar's way of just running a couple a couple sim, simulations, <laughs> so that yes. yeah, so that uh, he could sort of play out and prepare for the dagger Daggerath, which is another ring we'll have to kick down the river. But uh, uh, yeah, it'll get mentioned again at the end of next episode because the Silmarils play a part in it. But we'll get yeah. there later. But uh, yeah, I figured he was just doing a couple trial runs, and this All one right. we're seeing is like one of the first. So yeah, could be interesting yeah. yeah he's the fanor is the creator of the uh you know magic <laughs> lanterns uh script uh some yeah. of the most beautiful jewels the world's ever seen and the were world's first uh quantum supercomputer yeah he also yeah he invented the matrix <laughs> <laughs> fanor is that guy sitting in the room with all the monitors with the white suit on that's <laughs> Hey, Randil, you are the one. <laughs> it's, it's really true. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it would probably be him if anybody. Who, like, I mean, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it definitely is Arendil for sure. <laughs> Which is another yeah. ring that's got to get kicked down the river. But again, we'll mention him again next episode because yeah. Zelmarils are really the most important artifact. If you could only pick one single artifact that's more important than anything else in the legendarium, I feel like it, it would be hard the to argue world. with the yeah. symbols. Like it, it just obviously everything in motion, everything that happens. The one is ring is, you know, very important, but you're also, you know, looking at it from the context of Lord of the Rings, where it is yeah. the most important MacGuffin. Right. Uh, yeah. These were the OG. I mean, think about. Um, you think about how long the the One Ring had its influence from its birth to its death at the end of the Third Age. The was... Silmarils' influence is from before the First Age all the way through to the Fourth. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, <laughs> it, like it's all. It was probably four thousand years for the One Ring, and then the Silmarils were for like like an age and a half. So. A long time, but uh, I mean, yeah, if Sauron is the big bad of Lord of the Rings and uh, Morgoth is his big bad daddy, he's the daddy of the baddie, you know, daddy of the baddie. He's he's the baddest around. (laughs) So the (laughs) that's right. The Silmarils being his sort of prized possession and everything, that they're it's pretty serious. Serious. It's just on a different order of magnitude. Yes, indeed. Uh, one thing we ought to mention is uh, this or these two episodes. Uh, yes, are the end gonna, of our first season. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna take a little break for an indeterminate amount of time <laughs> <laughs> yes because uh, while we do love doing this podcast and it is a lot of fun for us um it is a bit of work too <laughs> and yeah and we have this is a very busy time of year for people with full-time jobs and uh yeah we're recording all this families that were you know yeah yeah so, near uh christmas yeah. so there yeah. might you know there may or may not be a uh christmas special in the near future but other than that our regular programming is going to take a break yes indeed Uh, yeah so we've got one more but um yeah yeah i guess oh yeah okay i'm remembering uh the whole uh gotcha and kaiser thing so (laughs) 
I guess that means it's my turn for yeah, it sure is, buddy. Episode, okay. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, caught me by surprise on this one. I need to get my research in order. I spent so much time researching for this one that uh, I here we are. Um, okay, so <laughs> shuffle your papers around and find it. Yeah, I don't have any papers to pretend to shuffle around, but uh, just imagine in your uh, sort of imagination scape. Uh, now that, thank you. Yeah, that's You're welcome. There from, we go. Come from my mic. Uh, the, that's, so that's Tolkien, Tolkien uh, was <laughs> uh, so Tolkien He's just sorting through the research, everybody. Yeah, yeah. He... Give him time, damn it. <laughs> he had one stipulation. If the... If his works were to be converted into film, was that uh, the rings of power be represented by ring pops. Oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Who doesn't love a ring pop? Yeah, they're so pretty and big. Yeah, and tasty, obviously, number yeah, one. Yeah, nothing's so elegant on the finger of an elf as a ring pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I that mean, makes it would be sense. It would be great if in Lord of the Rings, in the Mirror of Galadriel, when Galadriel reveals to Frodo that she has, this is Nenya, and she just, like, reveals it, and for the first time he sees that there is a ring on her finger, and then she just puts it in her mouth. <laughs> goes, Ooh, it's just just reveals her finger and it's it's a, it's a piece a of candy up. that's like half the size of her hand <laughs> and just like starts sucking on it so anyway <laughs> just, i know okay. what it is that you saw before i i too have seen it anyway yeah you save uh, it for later <laughs> yeah uh, which is great why great great fun fact Thank you. It's thank you. It preserves the elves as long as the ring pops last. <laughs> just don't. Okay, bite it. that's no, just don't bite it. Anyway, sorry yeah. that took a lot out of me. <laughs> during that, during that research. <laughs> so yeah, no, you clearly uh, worked very hard on that. Um, <laughs> all right, once again, uh, where can the people reach us? There. Uh, well, the people can find us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is Lord of the Wrongs Podcast, or you can send us an email at Lord of the Wrongs Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your corrections, send us your praise, send us your hate, send us your love, send us money, send us gifts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can send us your firstborn. I mean, yeah, well, we'll make good use of it. <laughs> Anyway, make a button. No, I don't know. I was trying to list another thing that you can send. You kind of covered all of it. Yeah. Uh, All right. On that note, I guess. (laughs) I guess we say Namadier. Namadier. Join us next time, though.